such a great opportunity to preach the word and to bring the word of the Lord into all places in your area. But for now, I believe the Lord has a message for us. Amen. Are you here to hear the word of the Lord? Amen. I want to talk to you today as we continue in our study through 1 Peter, the letter that Peter wrote to the dispersion, to people like many times us, uh, he wrote this letter to them. And today I want to talk to you about living hope in a hopeless world. Who knows that that is a very good topic? There's nothing worse than hopelessness. Hopelessness. When you look into people's faces and you see there is no hope. I mean, you can just go out on the streets, and I know that Dennis can carry me out here, and uh, the people who's on the street, that if you walk into the street, uh, Phil will know this as well, if you go into the street, you see some people's, and you look into their eyes, and you see no hope. They go from substance to substance. Uh, some people just walk away from life itself. I'm not talking suicide, I'm just talking walking away. Despondency is another word. You come into that area and, and sometimes it happens to you and me. Something happens and come your way, a circumstance or something, and you find yourself with a feeling of hopelessness. And this is to whom Peter writes this. Remember, he's writing this to people who's fled from their countries, who's left everything behind, their families, their homes, what will happen if I take your wealth away right now? Will a sense of hopelessness come in? What's going to happen to me tomorrow? Who's going to look after me? These are questions that a lot of people are dealing with today. So if you want to look at this letter and say, look, it's got nothing to do with me. It was written for people back in the day. You are wrong. The word of God is for you and for me today. It's applying to us today. And if you think about a living hope in a hopeless world, who knows that the world is hopeless? <clears throat> I, I know the politicians will get mad at me if I say this, but no government can help you. It's only temporary. Because now you vote somebody in and they look after you, and in three years or four years they vote them out. And then it's hopeless again. And then you get a lot of people who just hang on to the politics. They go into the, onto the heap of, of hopelessness. And they work so hard to get another candidate to come and stand to give them a little bit of hope. All the hope the world can give you is limited. It's got an expiry date on it. Every, look, even you as a person has got an expiry date on you. Who knows that? I look at this body of mine, and when I was younger, I'm still young, watch out. But when I was younger, there was a lot of more strength in this body than now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know my problem I've got with my neck. A couple of weeks ago, I thought, my strength is back. Picked up these big, heavy boxes. And woe and behold, the pain is back. You can't do that. You know, the, every single one. I know if you're a young person sitting in this place, you're going to say, man, life continues forever. I'm here to say, no, it's not. And if you're sitting there and you oh, that gives me a lot of hope, doesn't it? Yes, there is hope beyond the hope that you know. 
And that's the hope I want to talk to you about. The hope that comes not from this world. And you better listen this morning. I don't know where you are sitting today. I don't know your circumstances. I know mine. But God knows your circumstances and you do. And we saw last week that our security is knowing that we are saved. Remember Peter writes this to those people who has left their homes. They are persecuted. They are killed. They are kicked. They are spat upon. They are called names. And these people need to have some kind of hope to hold on to. Some kind of security. And we see that this whole letter is going about our security that we know we are saved. If they take everything away from you and you've got this one thought in your mind that I am saved, I want to say to you today, that's enough. That's enough. It's enough for me. He says, knowing that we are saved, that we belong to God. Isn't it nice for you to know that you belong to somebody? And that somebody is not just anybody, it is God. I'm going to show you something beautiful today in the Word. It is so wonderful to know that we belong to God, the Creator of the universe. You belong to Him. And not only that, you are looked after by God. That's a good security, isn't it? You know, He's the one who will never fail you. He said to me, Pastor, you know, I, I want to trust on you. You are a man and you will not fail me. I will fail you because I'm a man. But God is the one who will never fail you. Isn't that wonderful to know? He's so faithful. He is so faithful. Now, I come back to this verse and I want you all to look at that verse and we're going to say it as a church together because I want to start this way and this is how each and every one need to start. So everybody read it with me, would you please? Open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. And that's my prayer for you today as we open up the scriptures that we may see the wonderful things of the Lord. I want to read to you just down to verse 15 because I want to keep it in context. We're just going to look at a few verses from verse 3 to 5 today because this text is so rich, so rich that we can spend hours on it. But let me just read to you the first part. 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us to a living hope. There's our word, living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Who believes in the resurrection? Amen. He says then... <clears throat> To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you be being grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to be praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with a joy inexpressible and full 
of glory. Is that you this morning? Receiving the end of your faith. What is the end of your faith? The salvation of your souls. Of this salvation. This salvation that you are so grateful for. The prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them, these prophets, to them it was revealed that. Not to themselves, but to us. Everybody say us. So praise the Lord, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have been preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. The Lord blessed the public reading of His Word. Did you enjoy that? Even if I say nothing now, I close my laptop, I take a sip of water for my dry throat, I walk through those doors and I go home, the Lord has spoken. And you know what will happen? His Holy Spirit will work in your heart with these words. I don't know if you've read this letter, but I highly recommend you read it again and again and again. These scripture verses that I've given you is so rich. The text is so full. Like I say, we can spend a lifetime unpacking these scripture verses. I want to focus today on verse 3 to 5. Because we find the description of salvation in these verses. But we're going to see three things today. We're going to see that our hope is alive. Somebody shout hallelujah. And that that hope is anchored in Christ's resurrection. We're also going to see our inheritance is imperishable, awaiting us in eternity. And we're also going to see our security rest in God's unwavering faithfulness. How wonderful is that? Unwavering faithfulness. Look at these words here. Hope. We are looking for hope in a hopeless world. Inheritance. It's a source of hope. It's something you're looking forward to and our security. These are three good words to remember today. So we look at verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, and like I said, it will take you a lifetime to understand these verses here and to unpack them and to go through them. First of all, we see the source in these verses of our salvation. Where is our salvation coming from? Have you ever asked this question? Where is the salvation that he's talking about coming from? And this verse gives us an indication. In fact, it doesn't only indicate it to us, it tells us where it comes from. It comes from God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His mercies has begotten us again. I want you to look at these verses here, when He talks about God and Father. He separates them. Have you noticed that? He says, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why didn't He just say from God? 
Because we know that God is our Father. Why didn't He just say from our Father? Because we know our Father in heaven is God. But He writes down these two under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I believe for this reason, to show us the two-part relationship that He had with His Son. Think about this. First of all, He says God. And if you think about God and the attributes of God, what are those attributes? He is an omnipresent God. Who knows that? He is everywhere. You can't go up in high. You can't go down a mine shaft. You can go west, east, south, west. You can't hide from God. He is everywhere. And you know how wonderful it is? He can be with me at my house and also be with you at your house. He is omnipresent. Now when we see the word God there, that's the God we're talking about. He's also omniscient. Who knows what that means? He knows all things. There's nothing, nothing hidden from Him. He's omniscient. He, he knows your thoughts. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow, what you're going to do in the next five minutes. And not only for you, He knows everybody in this place's thoughts. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows when you're already dozing off to a nice beat somewhere. Come back. Yes, he's not only that, but he's immutable. He is all-powerful, isn't it? He's the all-powerful God. That's the attributes of God. Now, he says that this is a relationship from that God with the Lord. He's also a just God. Who knows that? He's a righteous God. And I think it's important that we realize these things, that Jesus Christ has got a relationship with that God with his attributes, but also, he then says, and, and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the attributes of a father? A father is the one who's got mercy and grace. Isn't that beautiful? Mercy and grace. You know this God, and if you, if you compare this God, there's only one God, and that is our God, Elohim. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But the world has got their gods. If you go to the Greek, they've got Zeus and all these other gods. But their gods is these gods who will punish you. It's these gods who will come down and punish the people. And kill the people. There's always punishment. But our God is not like that. He's a loving God. We know the attributes of God. We know that He's a righteous God. We know that He needs to judge sin. But he's also to us a father. No other God is like that. He's the God who shows you and me mercy and grace. You know, I've got children as a father. And you know what I want to see for my children? The best. Isn't that right? And how do I do that? I'm involved in their lives. I hurt when they hurt. Is that right? I laugh when they laugh. I rejoice when they rejoice. And sometimes they hurt me as a father because they don't listen to fathers, do they? But they still stay my children. There's no moment, I said it to all my children. I sat down with them, I said, they can tell you. Doesn't matter what they do in life, they will always be my children. I will always be their father. 
This is the relationship. I hope you can see that this morning, how beautiful it is. When you break the word open like fresh bread, he says, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, when he says here, he rolls out the full title of Jesus, the Lord deity, Jesus who saves us, and Christ the anointed one. You see, the word is so rich and so powerful. But I want to show you something beautiful, because in a grain of encouragement, we are going through the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And I don't know if you've, is there anybody who saw the last grain of encouragement? I've rolled this out. You have to listen to this again because I want to show this to you. If you look at Ephesus, Paul writes to this church. He says, grace and peace to you from God, our, everybody say our, Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you see he's doing the same thing that Peter is doing here. He says, God and Father, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is that relationship with God and the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the same. But now he says here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say and. Our. And. Our. Can you see this? For us, he's not only our God, but he is our Father. That same God who's omnipresent, who's righteous, who's just, who's loving, is also the same God who's merciful, who's gracious, who saved your soul, who cares about you. And He's the one that looks after you. I just found this beautiful when He starts opening this up to us. Where does our salvation come from? It comes from the Father. Through the Son. From the Father, through the Son. You say, where does the Holy Spirit play a role in this? The Holy Spirit sanctify you. Uh, the Holy Spirit pulls you. And then what happens? He pulls you to the cross. I said it before and I say it again. Every single pastor who preaches from the Bible needs to have the cross as the center point. The cross of Christ. But that's not where it stays. I'm going to show that to you. So we see this, and now let me show this to you, this beautiful passage here. We know that it's coming from the Father, but he says something beautiful here. He says, in his abundant mercy, he has done what? Begotten us again. What does it mean when he says he begotten us again? Well, it means that we belong to him, and he went and he paid a price for it. I read this beautiful story of a young boy who uh, started to craft out of wood a sailboat. It took him days to do this. He had a nice lock and he started carving it out to have the bow of this little sailboat. And once he carved it out, he got a little of a mast there and he put it in, he glued it in, he made sure the mast won't come off. And then he got his mom to make him beautiful sails. And he was so proud in this little boat. He built it himself. He did it himself. He stood back one day and I looked, wow, that's a beautiful little sailboat. And then there was a stream down just where he lived. And he thought, well, I want to see how this boat is performing. And he took this little boat and he put it into the stream. And the stream was running faster than he could. And there the little sailboat went down the stream. And he kept on running after the sailboat. Eventually, it got out of his eyesight and it's gone. He lost it. It's gone. His heart's broken. He worked so long. He worked so hard. His mom did some work into that as well. And he was walking one day, and as he walked past this uh, shop who was selling second-hand goods, he saw it right there in the window. 
There's his little boat. He was so excited, he looked at it, he goes, that's my boat. And he ran in to the shop owner, he says, that's my boat there. The man says, no, no, it's not your boat, it's my boat. He says, but I made it. He said, doesn't matter, I found it. It was washed out somewhere. And the boy said, no, no, it's my boat, please give me my boat. He says, no, if you want this boat, you have to pay for it. It's got a price on it. And this boy went out and he didn't have the money, and so he started to work hard. He cleaned his house and, you know, clean for mom, mow the lawns, you know, do something. And he started getting enough money until he had enough. Until he had enough. And he ran down to that store. And he walked in there and he says, here is the money for the boat. And the guy took the money and he gave him his boat. He got his boat back. Well, brothers and sisters, he begotten his boat again. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ made us into the image, into his image, in the form of Adam. But Adam, who was perfect, 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 him and Eve was perfect before sin entered in. But when sin entered in, that was it. Sin came as a separation between God and man. And we were lost. Let me just say, every baby that's born is born in a lost state. You are born with sin. You are like that little boat is gone. And now you're sitting on a rack somewhere with a price on your head. The world has got a price on your head whether you want to know it or not. You are selling your time for money to live. And he came and he sent his son who paid a price. Like that little boy was working so hard to get that price. He came and he paid a price. And that's what this means. He bought us with a price. You see, salvation comes from the Father through Jesus Christ on the cross to a living hope. This is what he did. It comes through new birth. This living hope. The world don't have this. Because if I walk and if you walk onto the world stage and you proclaim Jesus Christ, what do they do? Come on, you tell me. They laugh at you. They mock you. They show you the lip. They swear at you. They will even beat you if they can. They are angry because they do not want this hope. You see, the thing is, brothers and sisters, they don't want Jesus Christ. You can go out and go to the government now, to the parliament now, or, or even to the council now and say you want to have a rally of motorbikes, you know, Harley Davidson motorbikes. They will support you. You can even go these days and say you want to have a march for Palestine and they'll support you. But you walk up there and you say, I want to do something in Jesus Christ's name, they will reject you. The world don't want to know this. And because the world don't want to know Jesus Christ, they have got no hope. They are hopeless. This is the world that we are living in. But you see, the living hope that we are talking about comes through the new birth. If you are sitting here this morning and you are not born again, you may have limited hope, but it's got an expiry date. If you want hope that lasts, come to Jesus. If you listen to me online, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe by accident you come across our channel. I want to say to you today, the Lord has directed your footsteps to hear these words today. Come to Jesus Christ and He's the only, the only one that will give you living hope. The rest, listen to me, the rest, whatever churches preach, apart from that, is nonsense. You come to the cross, you come to substance. And this is what gives us that living hope. It comes via, via that. You see, 
And then he talks about the resurrection here. And let me just say this. You see, this verse is so powerful. And by the way, I forgot to say this. From verse 3 to verse 5, have you noticed? It's one long verse. There's no full stops there. There's commas there. It's one long verse. And look at the first part of that letter. You get a second long verse, which we're going to look about next week. But I want to go deep into this. <clears throat> because there's so many truths that's coming out of this. So we see where it comes from. The Father He's begotten us again at the cross of Jesus Christ to a living hope. And now He says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me say something to you. It may shock you, but I'm standing by it. The cross of Christ will mean nothing without the resurrection of Christ. If there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's no cross. If there's no resurrection of Christ, you can still find the DNA of Jesus Christ in that tomb. But I want to challenge any person to go and try to find out of that dirt where he was buried in that tomb, which the stone was rolled away, which you find DNA of him. You go to the grave of Muhammad and you will find his DNA in that ground. There's only one who was risen from the graves and his name is Jesus Christ. Can you, can you shout hallelujah? You know what that means? You know what that means? Listen, listen. That means because he was risen, we've got living hope. Everybody say living. living. Say it again. Living. And one more time. We've got living hope because He's alive, people. He's not dead anymore. Hallelujah. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so powerful for me. You know, Easter is coming up. I don't believe in Easter, by the way. I believe in Good Friday. Okay, Easter is a worldly term. Not into that now. But you see, that's coming up, and we will talk more about that. But through the resurrection, we see the resurrection shows us the power of God to raise the dead, never to die again. You know, people, some man told me once, he said, but wait a minute, Lazarus was raised from dead. He was the first one. No, no, Lazarus was only resurrected, uh, uh, resuscitated. He was only brought back to life to die again. Jesus Christ was resurrected never to die again. Hallelujah. Are you looking forward to the resurrection? Amen. Are you? Come on. There's cometh a day of the resurrection where your body, where you're sitting now, will be changed into a glorious body. Hallelujah. And there will be death for you no more. We say this in the funeral home today. They will, this business will go out of business. In, there's no funeral homes in heaven. None. It's so powerful and it's so profound and it's so nice to see that the resurrection shows us the power of God. This God, the almighty power, not only that, but it proves that Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Son of God. That's what the resurrection proves. He said, you break this temple down in three days, what will happen? He claimed that and this proves that. Not only that, Jesus was perfect and sinless to be able to enter the Holy of All. He was resurrected to enter the holiest of all, where he sits at the right hand of the Father. You see, we're only taking one verse here. And I pray the Lord that he encourages you today that you are sitting here are not hopeless. You have a living hope. I want you to walk out of this place today. doesn't matter what happens to the petrol price. doesn't matter what happened with inflation. doesn't matter who comes in to rule you. It could be a dictator for all that matters. As long as you've got a living hope, you've got hope. Yeah. 
And it's not, it's got no limit on it. It's continuing on. This is what Peter writes to those people who were persecuted. Those people who's lost everything. He's giving them hope. But he's not telling them, believe in me, Peter. Believe in Paul. Believe in this church. This is what I find these days. You get all these mega churches. Only come to our church, man, and you will have a vibrant life. You will have nothing because even those churches, like this church, has got a, a time and a date stamp on it. But his hope is forever. Isn't that beautiful, Paulson? Hold on to that hope and cling on to it. You see, that's what I first wanted to show you. Our hope is alive. And it's anchored in Christ Jesus' resurrection. If ever you come (coughs) to a hopeless state, remember the resurrection of Christ. Because as you remember the resurrection, you remember the living Christ. Amen? Wow, what a first verse, yeah? Yes, have we learned something out of that verse? Let's go to the next one. 1 Peter chapter 4. And to an inheritance. Let me not read it out of context. Let's continue. He says, through Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, comma, to an inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. Incorruptible and undefiled. And that does not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. Oh, I am so glad that this inheritance that I have is in our Lord. Isn't it wonderful? It is not an inheritance that will just fade away. You can't use, you can't spend this inheritance up. I know some people may sit here and your parents may have left you some wealth in an inheritance. That's good. Enjoy it. It won't last forever. For some people it becomes their biggest worry. You give people all of a sudden a lot of money or a lot of wealth, they start worrying, how am I going to use that? I've got a few ideas. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We can, we can buy food for the poor. We can help the, the homeless. Maybe that's not what you had in your mind, but that's fine. You do what you do because every person will give an account before God. But here he says, this inheritance, it's so beautiful, brothers and sisters. Have you ever wondered what your inheritance is? What is the inheritance that he's talking about here? Well, it is eternal life. It's eternal life. The inheritance. Our inheritance. But it's much more than eternal life, brothers and sisters. If you think about eternal life, I'm telling you now, if you talk to people in the street, my brother can tell me, Phil, if you talk to people about eternal life, they go, who cares? Am I right? Some of them, not all. What is this eternal life? You know, I had a person saying to me, oh, you you guys, you just preach about this, this happy life after this. They don't even want to say this eternal life. Yet, yet, you can go into America and you find people who sell little self that you can get all the wrinkles out and you can look young again and they do all of these things. They want to live forever. And the answer is just so easy. There's only one pill you can take that will make you young. The gospel. that's it and you know what even that gospel that pill is for free it's so amazing I had to do it yesterday I put a little bit of self on here because yesterday I I woke up and looked into the mirror and said whoa where did that wrinkle come from better grab the self the ointment Yeah, it's only temporary, my brother. (laughs) You see, we try all of these things to make us feel good, 
make us feel young and all of these things and there's only one that's going to help you and that's the gospel the cross the cross of christ and the resurrection amen that's making it a living hope you see the inheritance here is that but let me just bless you with this if you think about this inheritance which is imperishable it can't perish it's waiting for us in eternity but look at this there will be an inheritance of a new nature for you being adopted as a son of god that's an inheritance isn't it beautiful being made blameless and harmless this is sitting right there in salvation you can't have the salvation from above if you're not blameless and harmless. Who makes you blameless and harmless? He does. You know, and I've got so many scripture verses for this, Philippians 2.15. Being given eternal life. Who's glad for eternal life? If you are sitting here and you are saved by the blood of the Lamb, you have eternal life. That's an inheritance. Being given a glorious body. Oh man, I'm looking forward to that. I will have my hair back. You better come to my house and look at photos when I was young and out here. Otherwise, you're going to walk in heaven and you will walk right past me and go, I don't know that guy. <laughs> glorious body. What a beautiful thing to look forward to. Our glorious body. No more pain here. No more pain in the neck. Being giving eternal glory and honor and peace. Eh? Do, do you want peace forever? Peace forever. Think about this. Forever you will have peace and glory and honor and and you listen to this you will be made a king and a priest have you ever thought of yourself as a king now please don't walk around afterwards and say your royal highness to everybody but that's a different kind of king this is going to be yes and what about that tony a priest you know what a priest is the priests were the ones who had the worship to god the worship to god there's going to be worship every single day look at this inheritance and, and, and you look upon the world and you say there's much here to leave behind. There ain't nothing you're going to leave here behind that even comes close to what you've got in heaven. Some people are only looking forward to their mansions in heaven. There's much more than that. What about, what about this one? Being given a crown of incorruption. A crown of incorruption. What about that one? Hey, what about this one? Being given a crown of life and the crown of glory. How wonderful is this inheritance that comes through? One word, one word. The gospel of Christ and being born again. That's all you have to do. Come to the cross. Reach out to Jesus. And it's all yours. Hey, how much do I have to pay for this? I mean, all of those things which I have given you now, if I have to packet them up as a businessman in the world, you won't have enough money to pay for that. I'll have to start taking a down payment from you. And even the down payment, you will have to work very hard to get close to that. Yes. But all of this comes to us as an inheritance. And it's incorruptible. It is <coughs> imperishable. It can't perish. And it waits for us in eternity. But let me just say to you, not only is it waiting for us in eternity, but we can have that salvation today. You can have your inheritance today. Are you with me now? You can have it today. If you are born again, you're already. You're already made you. The only thing that's holding you back is this body of sin that Paul talks about. And we are waiting for that glorious day. Isn't it beautiful to think about this inheritance? It's imperishable. That was our second point. And let me finish today with our last point. Now let me read it in context again. He says, 
was begotten us again in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away. Man, I can preach more about this verse, but we'll go on. Reserved. We can go look at the Greek word in reserved in heaven for you. Comma, because it doesn't stop there. The living hope and the blessing continues on. Who are kept? Everybody say kept. By the what? By the what? Have you ever seen power like that in your life? No. We've only seen glimpses of God's power. This is kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Wow, this is so rich, this verse. And again, we can spend hours on this, but I'll hurry on. I'll hurry on. I want you to look at this now because it's so beautiful. The word kept there is a really interesting word. It is a military word. It's a military word that means guarding something. You keep something, but you are guarding it. You're looking after something. You know, I can put a guard at the front door to say nobody comes in except on a decree from me. I like that word decree, isn't it? Makes me feel powerful. I decree that so-and-so person can come in. And if I say no, if we put that guard in there, he's, he's there to keep the door closed or to open. He's guarding it. And that's a military term. And now it's so wonderful to, to know that this inheritance that he's talking about, this salvation that he's talking about, remember it's about salvation, is kept by one, that's by God. He, with his almighty power, is keeping this inheritance. Now some people believe he's keeping the inheritance up there in heaven and guard it so that nobody can get to it. If that is true, then you and I haven't got that inheritance on earth yet then we are not saved yet. We'll have to wait until we die before we get eternal life. But I'm saying to you today that you have eternal life if you are saved already. You have it already. You don't have to wait until you die before you get the eternal life. It's here. It's now. Come to the cross. Grasp to the cross. Let's, let's look what Paul says. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, being confident of this very thing. What, Paul? What is you so confident about? That he who has begun a good work in you will, everybody say, complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He started a good work in you. You say to me, but I'm by far not the final work. Yes, this is exactly what Paul said as well. Paul cried out, O wretched man that I am, who will save me from this what? Body of sin. But wait a minute. I thought Paul was saved on the road of Damascus, wasn't he? Of course he was saved on the road of Damascus, but he was still living in the flesh. This body of sin. I mean, you just talk to my wife. There's so many times I had to go to her and say, please forgive me because I was, uh, you know, I've lost it. You know, I said some things to you that I shouldn't have said to you. I'm not the perfect man. I'm telling you straight honest. I'm honest with you. And if you want to leave the church because I sometimes didn't say nice things to my wife, it's not bad swear words. I wouldn't go there before you start building this picture. <laughs> you know, because I, you know, I sometimes lose my temper. Do you? And what do you do afterwards? You feel? And then what do you do? <laughs> it feels... It feels like a session here. 
Not all at once, please. <laughs> but we are still living in this body. We're still doing things. Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do. You know, I, I stepped on the dog's tail and I don't say sorry to the poor dog. Or I'm mean to the dog, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I love animals, that's why I've got a dog. But the other day it wasn't my way. Unfortunately, my foot went too fast and I kicked the dog. It wasn't willfully, honestly, but I felt so bad afterwards. But brothers and sisters, here is the thing. If you tell me, if you want to tell me that we keep, we keep ourselves this inheritance, this salvation by living a Christian life, I'm telling you, you are in vain living that life. There's only one thing that can keep that within you, and that's the power of God through the Holy Spirit. That's the only and he says it here, he's confident that he who has begun a good work in me. I thank the Lord that he's begun that work in me. But it's not complete until the day I die. And one more verse. I love it when Jesus himself says this. Because this is going to explain exactly what Peter said up there. In John chapter 10 verse 27, he says the following. Jesus, he says, my sheep hear my voice. Can the sheep put up their hands? There's where all of the sheep. I shouldn't have done that. That went into my vocal quarter. <coughs> he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. Who knows you? He says, my sheep knows my voice and I know them. I know my sheep. They are chosen by me. I've preached that last week and I can preach it again. And they do what? They follow me. You follow the voice. And I give them what? I give them eternal life. Where is the eternal life coming from? It comes from the Father through the Son. I give them eternal life. Jesus said He can give us nothing what the Father hasn't told Him to do. He gives eternal life. You can read the whole John chapter 17 and it will just emphasize what I'm telling you now. And they shall never perish. Everybody say never perish. What does it mean? <laughs> what does never mean? It means never. They will never perish. You remember what he says? It's kept by the power of God, the salvation. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone, everybody say anyone. Is that including you? Neither shall anyone do what? Snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me. You see, this is why the Bible says, not me, the Bible says that salvation comes from God through the Son. I'm going to keep on saying it until it lies down in your mind. It says, the Father who has given them to me. Why? Because the Father is the one who elects. It's the Father who chooses. The Son came to save them on the cross. The Holy Spirit calls them in. The Holy Spirit is the one who sanctifies them in. That's how the Father works. He says, who has given them to me is what? Is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Why? Because it's held by the power of God. Yes, brother. Let's give that Lord a hand. You work with it what you want to work with it. I'm just preaching the word. And I trust the Holy Spirit to teach you. How wonderful is it? Think about this now when I started. I started saying to you that it is not a good place to be in a hopelessness. Is that right? Yeah. 
Have you found hope in Christ? And is that hope living? It's alive. It's not a five-point measure we're going through. It's not a feel-good type of gospel. You know, I can do that. We can come in here and I give you the five steps to follow to have a happy Christian life. But what if you miss step two and three tomorrow? Then you're not in a happy Christian life anymore. Don't keep yourself up with that. Spend most of your time with Him. Because He's the only one who will be able to keep you and to preserve you. This is what I said last our security rests in God's unwavering faithfulness. These are three points that I went out to, to give you today. And please, these aren't points which you can do. These are things that He's doing. Think about this. All of what I've told you today is what He's been doing. Isn't that right? You say to me, but wait a minute, I decided. How big is the I that you decided? You know what happens? He pulled you through His Holy Spirit. Maybe a song, maybe, maybe you woke up one morning. What about, what about, and I've read a few testimonies of these people in Palestine who's getting dreams. Have you heard about that as well? And they are starting to see Christians, not Jews. They're starting to see Christians because they want explanations for these dreams. Can God work in that way? I'm not going to be the one who says no. Because if God, in a dream, made something to appear to a Palestine who hated the Jews, God's people, and he's seeking Christians now, and he comes to a born-again child of God, and he repents of his sin, he will get exactly the same inheritance that you in this room has got. Amen? Is that what you're looking for? Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Living hope in an hopeless world. Heavenly Father... I thank you this morning for your word, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you sustained my voice uh, to preach this, Father. It's not about me. I just thank you, Lord, that you used this vessel. Father, but now I want to thank you for that living hope. Thank you, Lord, for salvation that came through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we were begotten again to a living hope. And we are serving a risen Christ. And I pray now, Lord, as we continue this week and look forward to next week, that you will bless everyone and let your Holy Spirit come and use this word, Lord. Let me meditate upon it and let your faith grow in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.